This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today. We had a busy news week in Washington, D.C. We had the presidential debate on this past Tuesday night. And we've had various news developments over the past week, so a lot of content to cover on the show today. The name of the show is Exposing Washington, and I'm your host, Walker Wildman. You can always check out our website, AFR.net, AFR.net. On our website, you can... Uh, Catch my podcast and listen to past shows. Just go to AFR.net, click on the podcast link, and there you'll find the show Exposing Washington. You can also subscribe to the podcast on your Apple or Android device. Just go to your podcast store, type in Exposing Washington, and you can click the subscribe button on my podcast page there on uh, Android and and Apple devices. So it's another easy way to keep up with the show. Before we jump into the content, a couple things I wanted to mention. In um, next week, well, really this upcoming week, we have what is called AFA at Home. It's a it's an online event. I don't like to say virtual; it sounds too sci-fi-ish. But it's a it's an online event uh, where I'm going to sit down with various people you know: Sandy Rios, Abraham Hamilton the Third. Dr. Richard Land, the Benham Brothers, Tim Barton, Star Parker. We're going to sit down for a little while and talk about the various issues that our country faces. And it's going to be very informative, very enlightening, and we're going to cover it all from a biblical perspective. So you'll, you will want to register for that event. It's called AFA at Home. It will uh, air... On October 8th, this upcoming Thursday night, at 7 p.m. Central. So go to afaaction.net and register on the homepage there. afaaction.net is the link to register. When you get to that page, you'll have a little pop-up window to type in your email, and then you're registered. And then on, on October 8th, go back to afaaction.net to watch the event. It's going to be a great event. Uh on that, I'm going to play a 60-second clip here. This is a, a short promo talking about AFA at home. Let's listen. Thursday, October 8th at 7 p.m. Central, concerned citizens from across the nation will gather for the AFA at Home Virtual Town Hall. Register for free at afaaction.net. It's an opportunity for you to tap into the trusted insight of our panel of frontline culture warriors, Sandy Rios, Dr. Richard Land, Star Parker, Abraham Hamilton III, the Benham Brothers, and Tim Barton. 
Topics include censorship and social media, the sanctity of life, socialism, the threat to America's republic, and more. Hi, I'm Walker Wildman, host of AFA at Home. At this critical time in America, it's important that we stay abreast of the threats to our nation's future. That's why we're bringing you AFA at Home, our first ever virtual town hall. Join us. AFA at Home streams live Thursday, October 8th at 7 p.m. Central at afaaction.net. Register for free at afaaction.net. Well, there you have it. That's a short promo for the event we have this upcoming week, so look forward to that. Shifting uh, gears right into some of the topics for the week, President Trump nominated um, Amy Coney Barrett to the U.S. Supreme Court. Amy Coney Barrett uh, used to be a Notre Dame professor. She also clerked for Antonin Scalia. Um, and she was served on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Now she's being nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court by President Trump to fill the vacancy left by Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing. Amy Coney Barrett is a five-star, in my opinion. The American Family Association sent uh, multiple letters to President Trump urging him to nominate Amy Coney Barrett. She has a proven track record. Record. She has a clear record of being a constitutionalist, a strict constitutionalist. She rules based on the text of the law, not based on what she wishes uh, the law said. And so Amy Coney Barrett is an excellent choice for President Trump to the U.S. Supreme Court. So we're going to have those hearings in the U.S. Senate, the Judiciary Committee. We're going to have those hearings here not too far out. And then after that, we're going to have a floor vote on Amy Coney Barrett. So from what I'm hearing, I suspect we will have a Justice Barrett on the Supreme Court by before the November 3rd election, probably by the end of October. Is, is what you can expect there. So the Democrats are trying anything and everything to stop Amy Coney Barrett, or ACB is what I call her. Um, in short, they're going to try anything and everything to stop her. And I'm actually kind of surprised they're not more vicious now, but we haven't gotten to the hearing, hearings yet, so we'll see how that goes. The I want to take us back because... What you're hearing now from the Democrats is uh, is really not much other than they they don't like that President Trump has fulfilled his constitutional duties to appoint or to nominate a Supreme Court justice when there is a vacancy. Senator Schumer, the Senate Minority Leader, is trying to turn back the clock and trying to act as if they never attacked Amy Coney Barrett, even when she went through her previous confirmation hearing to the federal court system. This past week, Senator Schumer said, quote, no Democrat has attacked Barrett over her faith, end quote. Then he called it a, quote, diversion by the Republicans. Well, I wanted to bring a clip to the show and play this and... Let each of you listen how, yes, it was the Democrats that precisely went after Amy Coney Barrett's faith. As a matter of fact, they described 
her faith as a dogma. The dogma lives loudly inside of you, is what Senator Feinstein said. Let's listen to that clip. Why is it that um, so many of us on this side have this very uncomfortable feeling that, you know, dogma and law are two different things? And I think whatever a religion is, it has its own dogma. The law is totally different. And I think in, in your case, uh, Professor, when you read your speeches, um, the conclusion one draws is that the dogma lives loudly within you. And that's of concern when you come to big issues that large numbers of people have fought for for years in this country. Well, there you have it. Senator Feinstein goes all judgmental on us and says that, you know, Miss Barrett, the dogma, your Christianity lives loudly inside of you. And it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's what she said. Senator Feinstein said that on national television. No shame there. Fast forward two years, or really three, close to three, and Chuck Schumer says that no Democrat has ever, ever, ever gone after Amy Coney Barrett on her faith, regarding her faith, regarding her Christian beliefs. <laughs> well, yes, Democrats have. They actually spent several hours hours in a Senate hearing a few years ago in 2017 precisely doing just that. Critiquing Amy Coney Barrett, criticizing Amy Coney Barrett purely based on her Christian beliefs. So let's not whitewash history here. Let's be accurate about what happened. And I promise you they're going to do the exact same thing here in a couple weeks. They are going to target Amy Coney Barrett based purely on her religious beliefs. Despite the fact that the Constitution says that we're not supposed to give a religious test for public officials. But we have to remind ourselves that the Democrats don't read nor do they care about the U.S. Constitution. It's all about what they want, what they like, and when they want it. Who cares about the rule of law or the Constitution? Well, it can't go, we can't do the show without talking about the debate on last, uh, this past Tuesday night. Uh, I thought overall it was a, a draw. Some say President Trump won, some say Biden won, some say Chris Wallace won. But honestly, the debate, to me, just wasn't very good. It just wasn't a good debate, and there's a couple reasons why. This is all my opinion, by the way. The moderator, Chris Wallace, his performance was horrendous. 
I think we probably could have not had a moderator, and it probably would have gone just as well. So Chris Wallace was probably the worst moderator in presidential debate history, and I'm not exaggerating. I'm being serious. At least in my lifetime, I've never seen such a horrible performance. It was basically as if Chris Wallace didn't even show up. So you have that aspect, and it can't go without mentioning, if, if I'm being honest, that President Trump was being rather obnoxious, at least the first half of the debate. And when I say obnoxious, I'm talking about his constant badgering and interrupting of Joe Biden. I mean, the president wouldn't even let Joe Biden answer anything. And some people like that approach. Some people like that, the aggressiveness of President Trump. And I actually like it in in proper context. But in this situation, it was obnoxious. And so President Trump would not let Joe Biden give a full, complete answer. And to me, that was a problem. So if I could give President Trump any advice moving forward in future debates, I would let Joe Biden speak, let him complete his answers, and not just because that's just probably the right thing to do, but the more you let Biden talk, the the more likely he is to say bad things, to say things that people don't like. So metaphorically speaking, let Joe Biden hang himself. Let him talk more in hopes that he'll say things that he shouldn't. So those are the the first two things. And Chris Wallace, when when I'm criticizing him, the main thing it was is that it was not only not only did Chris Wallace lose control like thirty seconds into it, but Chris Wallace is a is a is a pretty much he's a Democrat and and I know he's a registered Democrat so technically yes he is a Democrat, but Chris Wallace, his questioning of President Trump and Biden was so unequal it was so obvious to the viewer that Chris Wallace had these gotcha questions for President Trump, but when it comes to Biden, there were zero. There were none. There may have been one when it comes to condemning Antifa. But other than that, the way Chris Wallace set up the questions for for Trump versus Biden was so obviously biased. And at times it was as if President Trump was debating both Chris Wallace, the moderator, and Joe Biden. And and to me, that is the most problematic of it all. Because, yeah, you can say President Trump interrupted Biden, but, I mean, that's a debate. That's what happens sometimes. Um, But this this performance by Chris Wallace was, was horrendous. And I brought in a few clips here. The first clip I'm going to play here, this is actually Chris Wallace. And he's setting up this same old, this old argument, this old Democrat talking point about President Trump not condemning the KKK and not condemning 
white supremacy. Mr. President, will you condemn white supremacy? I mean, how many times have we heard this? We've heard it over and over and over again so much that Candace Owens said she's she's tired of it. She's literally getting tired of it. It's such an old talking point. Let's listen to clip one. You have repeatedly we, criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right like me to condemn? White Proud supremacists and right boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not militia. <laughs> That's what okay. his it's an idea. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then- well, there you have it. Chris Wallace and Joe Biden going after Donald Trump. <laughs> That's exactly what just happened. Chris Wallace comes in with this one-sided question based on a false premise that President Trump has never condemned white supremacy. He has on multiple occasions. So the question is dumb. Chris Wallace should know better than to bring that question into the debate. That was a bad decision for Chris Wallace. But remind me, I mean, let me remind you, he's a registered Democrat. So you have a Democrat versus Donald Trump, and the Democrat being the moderator and Joe Biden. And there you have Biden and Wallace taunting the president. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and denounce him. Go ahead, Mr. President. Go ahead. Why won't you go ahead? The moderator is simply supposed to ask questions and then let the candidates answer. And so that was a stark, um, that showed the stark difference of the debate and how Chris Wallace was clearly protecting Joe Biden. And another aspect, and then we'll move on, of the debate is how many of you probably noticed this, but every time President Trump would gain an advantage and would start to go after Joe Biden over various issues, and it appeared that President Trump was gaining the advantage, Chris Wallace would interject and say, we're moving, we're, we're moving along. We're changing the subject. On to the next topic, he would say. I mean, it happened like every time with all the topics, all the segments. President Trump would start to gain a clear advantage over Biden on the issues and start to actually press Biden on the issues 
And Chris Wallace would say, all, all right, gentlemen, we're, we're going to move on to the next topic. Every time. I think I saw a statistic where Chris Wallace interrupted President Trump like either 70 or 90 times during the 90-minute debate. And he interrupted Biden 23 times, 20-ish times. These debates are a joke. And they're nowhere fair when it comes to President Trump. They're completely biased and one-sided. It's very disappointing, and it's been this way for years, even dates back to 2016. To no surprise, the next debate we're going to have here in a few weeks, guess who the moderator is? The moderator is a C-SPAN acre by the name of Steve Scully. And guess who Steve Scully used to work for? He used to work for Joe Biden. Steve Scully, the moderator heading into this next debate, is a former Biden advisor. And once he put out an op-ed, and here's what it was titled. This is the moderator for the next debate. Here's the title of his his op-ed dating back to 2016. No, not Trump, not ever, is the name of the opinion piece that he wrote. He also worked as a staff assistant for the late Senator Ted Kennedy, Democrat Massachusetts. So we, we, we basically have Democrat operatives as the moderators. Boy, is this a surprise. Not a surprise at all. This is the establishment. This is the left-wing media. They control the vast majority of the institutions in our country, at least the ones that have a say over things like the debates. So President Trump's going to be on defense once again, and we'll see how he handles it. Moving on to a few other topics for the show well, before we let me let me close this topic up on Chris Wallace and white supremacy and the false narrative that's out there. Let me play clip two. This is John Roberts, Fox News, which Fox is going down the drain as we speak. John Roberts is in the White House press briefing room, and he asks, once again, will President Trump condemn the KKK? Let's listen to clip two. Can you right now? Denounce white supremacy and the group. The president has denounced white supremacy, the KKK, and hate groups in all forms. He signed a resolution to that effect. Uh, The president just last week, perhaps you all weren't covering it, but just last week expressed his desire to see the KKK prosecuted as domestic terrorists. His record on this is unmistakable. Well, there you have it. John Roberts, the next day, Continuing the fake narrative that President Trump has not condemned white supremacy, even though he has on multiple occasions. So 
So John Roberts is belaboring the point, and that's putting it mildly, and Kaylee McEnany, the White House press secretary, says the president has denounced this multiple times. But John Roberts just can't get enough. But you know what the media doesn't focus on? You know what Joe, what John Roberts doesn't focus on? What Chris Wallace should have focused on? Is the racist ties that Joe Biden has. Joe Biden used to commend and talk very highly of segregationists. And white supremacist back in in his days of a of being a senator, but we can't talk about that. We can't bring that up. So it's really the Democrats who have a deep have deep ties to the KKK and racist groups and people, but they're projecting that on President Trump. And this is what they do. This is what the media and the Democrats do. They project something onto their opponents in which they themselves are actually guilty of. So when they say that President Trump is racist, it's actually them. They're the ones that are racist. And you want to know one of the main reasons why Democrats, including Joe Biden and Chris Wallace, you want to know why they're racist? Because they support the murder of black babies in black neighborhoods. They support abortion And what does abortion target in America? It targets minority communities. The founder of Planned Parenthood admitted that they set up abortion mills in minority neighborhoods so they could kill black babies so they wouldn't overpopulate. And Joe Biden and Chris Wallace and the rest of the Democrats, they support that. They support Planned Parenthood and the baby killers. So that's it's as simple as that. Whenever they're accusing President Trump or anyone else of something, they themselves are typically the ones that are guilty. Democrats are they are the party of the KKK. They are the Jim Crow party. It's the Democrats, they're the racist. We'll continue this next week, exposing Washington American Family Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, AFR.net. Also, go to AFAaction.net and register for our event this week. We'll see you next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.